always come quick Cause I got something to admit I met a man out in the sticks A good old miss He drove a series tank Cadillac And wore a cigar on his lip Don't you know the devil Wears a suit and tie Saw him driving down the 61 in early July Wide as a cotton field and sharp as a knife I heard him howling as he passed me by Alrighty boys, we're back at it. Post week one podcast preview week two podcast. Uh, got a feeling on this one, Lee and I might be eating a bit of crow. Perhaps I'm not sure, but it's it's week one, so I'm not going to overreact. Uh, mainly with the Washington football team. I don't know. We'll get into yeah, when, that one. When you're losing in survival week one, you're definitely eating crow, no matter what. I think regardless of the situation, if you're getting bounced before it even starts, really. Uh, you're eating some crow, so yeah, I'm prepared. T-Bone, West Coast Life, uh, how was that 10 a.m. kickoff? Because I woke up at about 10.15 and was like, wow, it's really like three hours until kickoff, and we, yep. was struggling during that time. I even even mixed in a trip to Subway in, in oh. the meantime. It was, it was brutal. I was killing time. By the way, too, I was talking to Lee about this. Uh, did you catch ESPN's like kickoff show? No, I did not. That's right, if you want, just just you don't actually have to watch it. Just tune in to Sunday NFL Countdown uh, this week. It's they have this weird format where they are literally like sitting in a circle. And Tommy, as probably the film school taught you, sitting in a circle is a hard thing to shoot. Yeah, it's, it's a very hard thing. It's, to it's, shoot. it's it's a difficult thing to shoot. And there's shots where you're like literally staring at like Rex Ryan's back of his head <laughs> and looking at a teleprompter and a cameraman wearing a mask. As Randy Moss like delivers a point, it's it's kind of ridiculous. I don't know. I think they were like trying to go for something new and edgy, which you know, as as a up and coming media organization, I can't completely hate on. But I except the I, fact I that it's ESPN. Like it. I just didn't like it. I just didn't like it. Yeah, yeah. that sounds like a complete uh, disaster. But uh, and and that kind of answers you know the the whole 10 a.m. kickoff thing for me. It's great because you know I I got a little workout in with my cousin Nelson before. Little thirty-minute hit workout. That's high intens- intensity interval training for you novices out there. I don't think I think everyone who listens yep. to this podcast will probably know what that is because they're all hardos. We got a JRE S Colt that follows us. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, I was I was in the hot tub at uh, at ten a.m. with Red Zone on, and it felt good. The internet connection was awful, so it was a little bit more of something I just that looked a lot better on paper. Uh, so I, I went inside after the first, you know, drives because my uh, kept buffering. But 10 a.m. kickoff is great. Um, you know, I, I whether it's better than the 12 o'clock uh, Chicago kickoff spot is, you know, we'll see. We'll see if the earlier the better is really uh, the best. I, I honestly think maybe Mountain Time is that that sweet happy medium. Yep. Uh, I got to get me a Mountain Time job when when all this is over. And mm. last point on that NFL Sunday countdown show on ESPN, it's just like. They got the same thing going with first take, where the the river and the New York skyline is behind them. It's just like give me the overproduced NFL Sunday show. Yep. Just I, I don't know. I, I'm with you. I don't, it, it'll it won't be the Boomer and TJ days. Like I know that that era is. Yeah, gone. mom, I'm I'm busy right now. I'm busy. <laughs> Meatloaf. 
I'm, 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 I'm doing a podcast. I can't, I, I can't talk to you. Sorry, sorry, guys. Peek behind the curtain. Carla is, uh, you know, she's trying to get some information right now. Sorry. Yeah, open up the bathrobe there. That's, that's what that's what that is from from Lee Murray back in the Iron Gate Studios as it is. <laughs> let's. It's been enough rambling. Let's get into the Thursday night uh, match up here between Wait, the Bengals. I have and something Browns. to say before oh. we get down to business. All right. Yeah, Tommy. Clep, I want to congratulate you on your team, the Dallas Stars, making it to the Stanley Cup. Oh, game. thank you, Tommy. Um, Tommy's a hater, man. Tommy's a Stars hater. Well, Every they're, round, he hated on the Stars. Uh, he was saying something about that. He's got to eat. If you he want to talk about eating crow, then you got to eat. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? You know what, Lee? Uh, I, I thought Tommy tweeted something about the Avs. I, I thought I heard a broke boy say something about the Avs yeah, hitting yeah. some sort of bet back in Game Seven. Yeah, I did. I, I don't know. I I, that could have been just me. I'm not sure. I did lose three bet digits on, bet on, on Vegas, the and now he's already giving me Tampa. He's already saying Tampa. Well, Tampa's going to win the series. I tweeted at Clep. It's Tampa and six. I just wanted to congratulate him this is awesome his team's in the stanley cup the, the, that doesn't happen very often you know he needs to really soak this in and they're gonna have a shot to win if if they still got that scrappy uh russian and net and they uh you know they got four lines but tampa and six but i just wanted to congratulate clef let's let's move on to some football thanks tommy uh let's let's do move on to some football thursday night joe burrow in the Bengals visiting baker mayfield and the browns and um, my friend, my good friend Carl from the the Newhouse Masters program, big Browns fan, had the uh, Ravens Browns game on as I was watching the Lions Bears. And man, the Browns look like crap. They look like absolute crap. Um, I don't think any of us were a big fan of the Stefanski hire. However, going into that Week One game, we were kind of like, well, you know, the Browns actually beat the Ravens in Baltimore last year when there were fans. Maybe they can create some sort of magic and this one won't be a complete blowout but i mean lamar clowned on their defense the offense looked all out of sync couldn't get nick chubb going couldn't get really anything out of odell and i don't know man the Bengals too couple uh interesting possessions there for joe burrow pretty much let him back and then randy bullock had the whatever fake calf strain when he missed the 31 yarder or whatever it was to send it to overtime uh the Bengals on per Fox better plus six. That seems really high to me. I definitely think the Bengals will cover that. But I and just like I picked in Week One against the Chargers, that was a little bit of a risky pick. Didn't come out quite as like I wanted to, but only lost by three. I like the Bengals to win this one. Yeah, I'm. I wouldn't put money on this, but I'm on the Browns here, and I'd even lay the six. I'd make the wow. argument for it. All right. I think. If you want to talk about the week one matchup, I think the Browns looked bad. I didn't watch the whole thing. I had the red zone on. I watched the highlights. Um, I tried to you know analyze it the best I could. But it seemed like the Ravens are easily a top three team in the league. So I wouldn't necessarily rag on the Browns too hard for that loss. And then the Bengals, I don't think too highly of the Chargers. I think Burrow obviously looked impressive at points. He also still looks like a rookie to me. So I think the Browns, Stefanski... They're, they need to win this one at home. I, I like the Browns. I'd even lay the six. I'm not going to put money on it, but if I had to, I, I'd go Browns here. I guess I'll be the happy medium in between both you guys. And I, and I think a lot of my takes for all these games when we revert back to week one is going to kind of come down to you know, whether I'm overreacting to the main narrative that came out of the team's win or loss. And with the Browns, I probably was the most optimistic, I'd think, about the Browns out of you guys. I at least kind of was making a lot of devil, ad- Definitely. devil advocates cases for them. Um, and, you know, and a lot of people were kind of high on them. But 
for me, it always came down to Baker, and I know it was the Ravens, and I kind of I take your point, Lee, but Baker kind of just looks broken to me. I'm not going to lie, and maybe I'm overreacting, and I feel like it's an easy narrative to pluck out of, but just the whole kind of feng shui down there, Odell you know, is getting targeted 10 times, gets three catches, just does not look like he's the same player. Um, Nick Chubb is getting out-touched by Kareem Hunt, which we kind of talked about last week in the preview, but Nick Chubb was averaging six yards a carry on uh, on 10 carries. I like Yuli. I didn't watch the whole game, so I don't know how much of them, you know, getting decimated played in Nick Chubb, them kind of trying to stick to the passing attack. But uh, And then on the Bengals' side, I mean, Klepp, I don't think you should have any shame in picking the Bengals. The Bengals should have beat the Chargers. Um, the, the Chargers have a really good defense, especially a really good D-line that was able to kind of expose the Bengals' offensive line, which is probably the weakest part of their offense. But I think Burrow's a better quarterback than Mayfield. I definitely would not touch minus six for the Browns. Um, I'm not super confident in picking the Bengals. I'm going to pick them. But I just think that the Bengals' defense is a little stingy. The Browns' defense, again, I think they have a pretty good off, uh, defensive line, but their coverage unit, um, again, I'm not super confident in the Bengals, but I just really – like I mean, Lee, you said it. This the Browns really need to win this game. I think Baker Mayfield's job and you know kind of what direction they're going in kind of depends on this game, and maybe that's a a little bit of an overreaction. But I just what you say what you say about Baker in in the Browns is the reason why I wouldn't bet on the game. But at the same time, I think that these I guess I would say these teams are more similar to the how they were last year than we think. I think. I think the Bengals are a team that's going to win four or five games, and the Browns are a team that's going to win seven or eight games. Uh, and, and this is a game that, you know, it's early in the season. I think the Browns, they took their lick week one. Uh, they're at home, if that means anything. And like I said, I wouldn't put money on it, but six here, I could see the Browns' offense clicking a little bit more. I'm not too in, into Cincy's defense, so... I just lean Browns here. And when you talk about Baker, man, this is one of the worst defenses in the league. He has to at least I don't think they are, convert though. enough I think that's where, to be... I don't think the Bengals' defense I think they're bottom half. We can agree that they're bottom yeah, they're half. Bottom half. We're, we can agree that they're a defense that he should be able to take advantage of enough to get a win when, you know, preseason people are... Your line is at 8.5 and, and people are talking about you being a playoff team. You know, you go 0-2 here, man. I, I mean... <laughs> And you lose to the Bengals, and it's going to have to be ugly if, if you're going to lose to the Bengals here. I just think it, it might be too much, and that's why I, you know, I, maybe I'm, it's too much my heart being into it in terms of just emotionally how I, I think it can't happen, but and that's why I wouldn't bet, I guess, but I, I think Brown's all the way here. Yeah, I mean, just to put a bow uh, on this conversation, I think the thing we've even said from the start with Baker is, like, he's a six-foot quarterback who can't really run. So you better be Breeze or else it's not really going to work for you in the NFL, especially with the way that the league is going. Or even uh, Keenum. <laughs> yeah, even yeah, exactly. Well, something – So it's. Uh, well, I was just going to say so really – oh, Sorry, I was just going to say really quickly. It's like yeah. Baker seems different though. Like he was incredibly accurate at Oklahoma. He was accurate in that, you know, the eight games or whatever that he got or 11 games that he got in his rookie season. And he just, just doesn't seem like the same type of quarterback. Um yeah, I mean, it's just the NFL, I think, is different than the Big 12. And in those last eight games, too, he was going up against less than great opponents. And 
I mean, maybe riding off some sort of momentum that he had. I mean, I don't know. It's It just seems like everything in Cleveland just isn't going that well. So, um, I mean, I'm interested to see how this game goes. It's a nice little battle of Ohio and a nice Thursday night football. Interesting thing, you know, for, for these both of these teams coming off of tough losses to rebound quickly and play on a Thursday night. I'm excited to watch the game for sure. Um, but let's go on to uh, the Giants versus the Bears. We, the the Bears are one to zero, as I'm sure we may uh, get into here in a little bit. I don't know how we want to parse out that Lions conversation, and then the Giants obviously own one after losing to the Steelers on uh, Monday Night Football. The game, unfortunately, I didn't get to watch a ton of because I was uh, in a in a class. But these are these are two teams that I don't really anticipate um, maybe making the playoffs in the NFC, but still an interesting matchup. I think just for Week One's sake. Uh, and the Giants were a little bit more impressive than I thought they would be. Daniel Jones made a couple of nice plays, but also a couple of uh, bad mistakes uh, in the turnover department, especially with the interceptions. I, I Again, I think the line is a little heavy here. I mean, the Giants plus six, I think, is a lot considering you know what the Bears' offense actually is. Um, I'm, I'm inclined to pick Chicago just because they're in Chicago and they have their defense and Robert Quinn uh, looks like he will be back this week, but wouldn't be surprised if the Giants covered or won. I, I don't have really a great feel for this game. Tommy or Lee, do you, either of you uh, kind of have a leaning strong either way? I don't know if I do anything more than maybe throw it in a parlay, but I like the Giants plus, plus six. Maybe I'm too predictable. I mean, Last Monday night, I watched the game start to finish. Um, the Giants didn't necessarily impress me. I think that based on kind of how I thought they were in the preseason, they were par for the course. Um, some some turnovers obviously cost them, like you said, Klepp, especially in the red zone. So Daniel Jones proving that, you know, he's maybe still developing a little bit, which I think we all expected here. Um, but six, man, the Bears. Ugh. I'm a Bears hater, so you know you shouldn't trust it. Like I said, maybe throw it in a parlay, but maybe even the money line here. I think your bottom line, I guess, what I would say is I think Saquon is due for a better week than he than he had last week. And I know the Bears defense is good and the Steelers defense is good, obviously, but I think Saquon is too good of a player to have back to back weeks like that. I think he's going to break out a little bit, and I think that the Bears offense is going to be, you know. At least for three quarters, they're going to be you know non-existent. So I, I'm going to go Giants here. I don't know if push comes to shove if I'm going to pick them because um, I think the Bears should probably win this one at home. But I, I definitely will be considering it. Um, and on the show right now, I'm going to go Giants just because screw it. Um, yeah, for a pick them, I'm going to take the Bears. Uh, the Giants are interesting plus six, but I just kind of want to turn it turn it on the Giants right now and. Um, you know, this is a team, this is a battle of two teams that I thought were going to be having a top five pick. And, you know, the Giants, I think it looks a lot more promising. And I think, you know, Lee, for you, <laughs> Saquon, um, is for the generational talent at running back position to have the worst rushing performances, one of the worst rushing performances in NFL history. I think it just goes to show you why Saquon being the best player on the field, and that's a line that you've used a lot with the Giants, just is irrelevant. There are... Offensive line is awful. Their defense is awful. Daniel Jones surprised me. I thought the fact that they were able to have um, success with the vertical passing attack, I thought was not a good thing to see. It looks like Darius Slayton is a nice little deep threat for them. And 
your guys Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram and hopefully Golden Tate will be back. I, I like the elements of their passing attack, but I just think this team is just they're I just feel bad for Saquon, man. Like that, their their run game, their the the offensive line, their pa- I mean, they have bright spots on this offense and they have talent, but I just don't, especially against the Bears, um, in a defense that I still think is live. Um, I just really Akeem Hicks. You know, I just don't think it's going to be anything different than going up against that Steelers D line. Um, I'm going to take the Bears. I wouldn't touch the spread. I, I very well could see New York covering. But I just think the Giants are in for a really long year because um, because of the if they can cover, they can win, man. Yeah, that, they're saying you think you, like I, I understand where you're at, and but I don't think it's as big of a difference as you may be, you know, projecting. Well, they're, they got um, they're getting six points. I just think they're going to be in the game in the fourth quarter, so that's what it comes down to. And maybe it'll be seventeen fourteen, but they're going to be in the game in the fourth quarter. Um, I don't think either offense moves the needle enough for this to be a blowout either way. Um, the Bears obviously have a better defense, but I think the Giants, like you said, they're they're finding the vertical passing attack. They're, they're they can be a stingy opponent. I think. I don't and, know. And like I said, the Bears the Bears should win this game, but their defense is pretty brutal. Six man. points. Uh, you're giving me six points. I'll take the Giants. Um, let's go to this next game, and, and Tommy, I'll toss it to you. The the Falcons, who lost to the Seahawks last week, and in a game that I feel like all three of us kind of projected to, to go the way that it did, um, they are visiting Dallas. It's plus five for the Falcons. Tommy, your Cowboys lost week one. Maybe a, a questionable call with Mike McCarthy deciding to go for it when he could have kicked the field goal to tie. How do you feel about your Cowboys? I mean, I feel like 17 points for the offense was a little disappointing uh, overall, but with the Falcons' defense coming in that is not that strong so far, uh, how are you feeling about this one? Yeah, definitely mixed results from the Cowboys game on Sunday night. Um, I obviously, you know, I've been pumping the tires of this offense all offseason, and I really was expecting to see a little bit more explosion. But you know, granted, no preseason. I'm not going to overreact too much from Week One. Um, you know, the going for it on on fourth down, down by three. I know the analytics say that that's a smart move to go for it in terms of like win probability, but I think you just got to tie the game up. And I'd like to be on the record saying objectively, I I, don't, I really don't like the call on Michael Gallup for OPI. Um, I think you could you can just leave that leave that as is, and we're probably talking about a different you know a different narrative coming from this game um, if that call isn't made. But you know it, it is the call that it was. But Klepp, you kind of summed it up. Um, I've been, you know, I think the Falcons offense is live. I think this is a, definitely an overlook. I think both of these teams are going to be putting up points. Um, you know, because of the fact that both of these defenses, I think, are pretty poor. Um, you know, I think this is, you know, definitely an overlook. But I'm going to take the Cowboys. Would probably stay away from the spread. I mean, if I had to take someone gun to head, I think I would take the Falcons. Just because their passing attack was incredibly live week one against the Seahawks. You know, Klepp, you and I both thought the Seahawks were going to win. And they won quite comfortably, but uh, the Falcons are kind of the king of garbage time points, I think. And, you know, the Cowboys' defense was not really impressive against the Rams in Week 1, outside of our boy Alden Smith coming back, looking nice and live. <laughs> Love to see it. Um, but, yeah, you guys can take over. I mean, in short, I'm looking for improvement from the Cowboys. Like, if they can't put up more than I, whatever their team total is, I'm not sure what their team total is. Like, that, I would definitely take both of the team totals in this game. The Cowboys, especially, if they can't get you know over 24 points in this game, I'm gonna kind of start sounding the uh, sounding the alarm. So I'm expecting a bounce back from the Cowboys. 
Yeah, Clep, I wanted to ask you, man. I think that uh, Atlanta might just have a Dirk Cutter problem because I don't yeah. think they're creative enough on offense with all the weapons they have. And I'm just kind of off the Falcons. Like, yeah, I, was, um, I mean, I was I g- off the Falcons this offseason, too. I mean, obviously yeah. picked them to win the Super Bowl famously uh, last year after a uh, fantastic overnight bus meditation session, which would, did not treat me well. Um, I, think, I mean, I think they have a Dirk Cutter problem. I think they have a Dan Quinn problem. The best move for this team would have been to just promote Kyle Shanahan after the Super Bowl loss. I think, and just, I mean, in an unprecedented scenario, fire their head coach after making a Super Bowl would probably have been the best decision for them. Um, yeah, I don't even really know. I'd say 2020. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they cover five here. I, I like the Cowboys just at home. Uh, Tommy, will there be fans in Dallas? I think there are, right? I mean, I know I know Jerry is, is planning on it. Um, you know, yeah. so, Jerry, I mean, there were some in Denver, too. I saw that. I wanted to say that. Denver had fans. Oh, really? I yeah, didn't even I notice. Yeah, yeah, so I don't. I, I, I like. I, I kind of like the Cowboys here, just to kind of rebound from a game against LA. Uh, the Falcons, man, I'm I'm kind of selling on them. I think Dan Quinn will be done. I mean, Dan Quinn is is to kind of tease the next game that we'll be getting into. He's another defensive coordinator who, for some reason, just hasn't been able to establish even an average defense as a head coach uh, in in Atlanta. So and all the successes. Uh, and all the success they saw last year came when Raheem Moore took over his, you know, position yeah, as a defensive so. guy. And one thing I just wanted to touch on with the Cowboys is um, Lael Collins being out at right tackle. I mean, really what kind of broke down, I thought, for them against the Rams was just how much pressure Dak had. He didn't look especially impressive. Um, you know, Aaron Donald obviously was a wrecking ball. But, you know, when when Leonard Floyd is, is being a constant pressure off the edge, you know that you're having some issues at, uh, at tackle. So... I think in, in the, you know, the Falcons do have some weapons with Dante Fowler, Tack McKinley, and obviously Grady Jarrett. So that is something to, uh, to look out for. Valdir may be coming in. <laughs> that charger. Yep. Yeah. Um, all right, let's roll into the next game, and it's the Lions at the Packers. Lee, how, how do you want to even handle this one? I don't, I don't, oh, know. I don't know how to start. Do we do we well, reference the game last week? Do we just jump into it and forget like what happened? Like what? I think we should just jump into it, honestly. Yeah, I mean, at, at, I don't necessarily. Um, I'll, I'll necessarily say, I'll think say there's here, anything to I'll, break I'll, down. I'll, I'll just put it out there. I mean, you all know what happened last Sunday. Uh, I had a nice thirty-minute conversation with Connor Ryan at about uh, five p.m. Just uh, talking the Lions, talking the defense, talking everything, and. Uh, it's, it's not good in Detroit, man. And, and I think at the end of the day, what you can take away from that game is that I think if you put an actual NFL quarterback that Aaron Rodgers is against this Detroit Lions defense for four quarters, that it's going to be ugly. And just give me the Packers minus six and a half. I think it's going to be all Packers. I don't – I think the offense – I mean, the offense showed – pretty well against what is a formidable, you know, Chicago defense, but I just don't think they they will be able to keep up, especially if they go with some of the conservative play calls that they were going with uh, in the first quarter and in the fourth quarter. Um, uh, everything, everything that we were concerned about week one with the Lions just in terms of, hey, maybe they, they have a good roster and they've done some things well, but Matt Patricia kind of came to fruition against the Bears. So at the end of the day, I just don't think the, the coaching on this team allows them to 
show up in big spots. And yes, maybe it would be the most Lions thing ever if they just won in Green Bay. But I do think that the defense and the coaching is is that bad that it's not really a possibility. So as much of it pains me to say it, I just think the Packers are going to win and I think they might roll. What would you think if the Lions won? I, I I'd be semi upset, honestly. I mean, I don't even I don't even know at this point. I think just because this whole like since December, I've been so like anti Patricia, get him out of here, maybe even get Quinn out of here, like throw both of them out of the facility. That if this team manages to go like eight and eight and sneak in as the seven seed, that I just like wouldn't be able to stand it. I think it would depend maybe on how they won. Right, like so, if they win this game like forty-two to thirty-five, and the defense still looks awful, like I'm still not going to be believing in this team. Whereas, if they somehow miraculously win this game thirty-five to fourteen, and the defense looks fantastic, um, and they pressure Aaron Rodgers more, then maybe I'll be more optimistic going forward. I don't think the result of this game, no matter what, is going to make me change my opinion on Matt Patricia. But, I don't know, Okuda's supposed to be back this week, which maybe helps. They have a bunch of injuries in the secondary, but then at the same time, when they have injuries in the secondary, they don't change their coaching philosophy. It's, it's, I think it's an ultimate disaster in terms of the Matt Patricia era. He questionably should have been fired after his first year. I think he definitely should have been fired after last year. And at this point, I think that it's likely that he's fired at the bye week. So uh, Aaron Rodgers was a man set on fire in week one against what is a pretty decent Vikings defense. Uh, I think we've kind of even talked about the fact that he's been down. Shoot, they so didn't much look like it. Season, that he might just have another breakout season. And so I, I just can't see any way the Lions win this game. So I'll, I'll end it. Yeah, there. I'm, I'm picking the Packers. Um, I don't know the about points, the six and a half. Right? Six, the six and a half seems like a lot to me, just because it's always a lot. Unless you're talking about, you know, some of the you're worst teams about in the league. The Matt which I, Patricia defense, man. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't yes. bet the six and a half, but if I had to pick against the spread, um, I guess I'd pick the Packers. Honestly, um, that'd probably be the safer bet. So I'm on the Packers. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that I kind of want to unpack here. Um, I'm gonna get the Packers stuff over with quick. Because um, listening back to our last week podcast, I had been such a Packers uh, hater last this throughout the co- course of the off season that you know, Clep, when you brought up potentially Aaron Rodgers, you know, basically doing what he did in Week One, and if Aaron Rodgers is if that's the Aaron Rodgers that we're going to see um, against the Lions, I mean, I don't, I, I I disagree with you, Clep. I don't think the Viking, I think the Vikings look like a bottom ten defense in the in the NFL. Um, in that game against the Packers, whether that's due to themselves or Aaron Rodgers having an MVP-type season. Like, he looked like one of arguably the best quarterback in the NFL. I think that remains to be seen. But I definitely am fearing the Packers right now, and I think they rightfully belong in the... the um, they rightfully belong as the favorites for this division. Um, that's kind of one of the overreactions from Week 1 that I'm kind of buying into, is that, wow, I mean, if, Aaron, if everything that, you know, Clep, you kind of talked about last week about Aaron Rodgers is true... This is going to be a team that is going to be really tough to beat. Um, on the Lions' perspective, you know, I went into this year being the highest on the Lions that I have been in the history of this podcast, 
And I guess I understand why all of all of Lions Nation is grieving right now, and I and I get it. But they still, I mean, obviously that that loss is awful and it sucks. But even if they were to win against Chicago, I still think that you know I don't think there's any world in where this defense is competitive. Clep, uh, when you were going through potential ways that the Lions could win this game, there's no way that this Lions defense is going to hold the Packers to under 21 points. Like, I, if they can hold them to, to three touchdowns, that's a huge victory, I think, for the Lions defense. Um, the Patricia stuff, I've been a Patricia hater since pretty much the year one, and I completely, you know, the fact that that doesn't really change anything, I guess, is what I'm trying to say about the way that I look at this Lions team. My whole thing with them is their offense has the potential to be really special. Their defense is going to be awful. So if they can score more than their defense allows – they're going to have a chance in a lot of games. And I still think that, and maybe this is the worst-case scenario, Clep, that you were talking about, and maybe, Lee, you think this is too as a as a Lions fan as well, you know, them going 8-8, eight and eight, either just making it to the playoffs or just missing the playoffs because they had a complete sieve of a defense. If they made it to the playoffs, I would be ecstatic. Yeah, no, I, I, think, I think you guys should be ecstatic if they were to make the playoffs. But I guess my main takeaway is I'm not going to overreact too much to the Lions blowing it to, to Chicago because – this is, I don't, you know, Matt Patricia being spectacular was never something that I thought was really that possible. Um, just because I've always, I feel like kind of, I thought he's a, he's a defensive coordinator that may not even be a great defensive coordinator, but is a guy, he's like a position coach. Everyone likes playing for him. All the guys on the team who buy in really like his coaching, but when it comes to him being a head coach and a leader of your franchise and making in-game decisions, he's just not really very good at that. Um, so I think the Lions are kind of maybe the the curtain has been revealed on kind of what they are, and that's you know the offense needs to keep going and, and continue to be prolific. I hope that you know if Kenny when Kenny Galladay comes back that will help a lot with that. But you know we saw Marvin Jones what he was able to do. Hawkinson had a really nice game. I think Swift played nice with the exception of obviously the drop, but that's not the reason they lost. Lost so. Uh, you know, in short, I'm expecting the Packers to win this game. If I had, I'm not going to touch the spread. If I had to touch it, I would take the Lions because I think that's a lot of points. Oh, and Jesus I think, Christ. and I You're think it's going to burn money. Well, I think they're going to just be You're live. Throwing money into the bonfire. I think they're going to be live, and I don't like. Look what happened oh. with the Vikings last week. They're going to lose by freaking twenty to twenty-five points. But look at the Vikings last week, where the Vikings were. Clap! Down I by... think you're. I think you're sinking too deep into the into the into the void right now. Oh, and I, I, I guess this I is can... a bottomless pit. This is like the popcorn that you buy at Ford Field, man. It's bottomless. You can refill that thing as much as you want, and it's never gonna. It's there's never gonna be a bottom. It's it's done. It's over. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm just trying to be a little optimistic. It, I mean, if the Lions were to beat the Bears, they still would have these next three games coming up. You know, the schedule is what it is, and as long as your offense is relatively live. They're going to have a chance, just like they did last year. Against They had a brutal schedule last year. That's so much of the reason why I was saying the Lions are going to have a top-five pick last year. So it was like, oh, you got the Chiefs, you got the Eagles, you have the Chargers. You open up against the Cardinals, and they beat the, they beat the Eagles, they beat the Chargers. You know, they probably should have beaten the Chiefs. Like, as long as this offense is live, you know, I think they're going to be in games. So that's the end of my diatribe on the uh, – on the lines. Yeah, we should we should just move on in general. Uh, let's go to this Vikings Colts game, which is super interesting because now these are two own one teams who were favored in, in their week one matchups, and I mean the Colts losing to the Jags, I think is a, is a pretty big blow for them just as a team. I they were a one o'clock game, so I was watching mostly Lions. Uh, I saw Gardner Minshew went nineteen for twenty with three touchdowns, which is 
pretty impressive. I mean, I'm not entirely sure what to think about this game. I mean, the Vikings being underdogs is kind of interesting to me. Mainly just because, I mean, they played the Packers week one. Um, so I like the Vikings here plus three. And frankly, on the money line, I'd pick them to win this game and kind of bounce back from a poor week one showing. But what do you guys think of this Colts-Vikings matchup? Yeah, I, I really don't know what to think. Both these teams are really unimpressive week one. Um, I still think that, you know, the Colts almost remind me of the Eagles in a way. Like Frank Reich has that Doug Peterson kind of vibe in a way where he's a great coach, but they just have this thing about them where they lose some excruciating games. I feel like that's always been the case. Um, and then the Vikings, I think they're going to bounce back hard. If I had to bet, I think there's better value on the Vikings um, at plus 150 on the money line. But, again, I'd probably stay away. I think this is more of a 50-50 game. Um, and I'm just going to lean Colts here just because, uh, honestly, because I like them a little bit more in the preseason. And I think if they don't bounce back here, it could really spell um, the end of the Phillip Rivers era before it really even starts at 0-2 after two games. Maybe that's an over-exaggeration, but... Um, that's kind of where I'm at. So so I'm going with the Colts at home here. Yeah, this is a really interesting game that I'm excited for too. Um, I get why the Colts are favored, but I'm going to roll with the Vikings here. I think these teams are actually kind of similar uh, in weird ways. I think, you know, the, the front seven of the Colts and the Vikings I think are probably the strengths of their defense. And then their secondaries I think both are, you know, looked abysmal in that in that, um, in that that week one. Um, I'm kind of with Klepp though. I've I've... I'm in I'm in the seven dollar parlay stage of my Bavada of my uh, I mean of my betting my betting season right now and I've I've hit every single possible angle in this game. Um, my favorite bet of of the week is Minnesota over twenty one and a half. That's their team total. Um, even if they're losing this game, I still think this offense like we saw in Green Bay is going to be live. Um, I bet the over in this game of forty eight and a half, and I have you know, Minnesota. On the money line, I have it them with the over. I have a money line parlay with Minnesota, the over, and the over in uh, Tampa and Carolina, which we'll get to in a little bit. But um, I think this is going to be a really high-scoring game. Um, that's kind of more what I'm confident in when it comes to this game. But I'm going to take Minnesota because I'm not sure that Phillip Rivers is better than Kirk Cousins. And although I think Jonathan Taylor is going to do some damage in his first start and kind of is going to be the lead back going forward, I just think Minnesota's offense is a little bit more proven. You have Thielen, who balled out. Um, he's going to be going up against whoever's going to be covering him, Rock Yassin. Definitely get Adam Thielen in your DFS this uh, this week. He's 25 bucks on Yahoo. That's a, that's a deal and a half. Um, and I just expect this to be a high-scoring game. If the Colts win, I wouldn't be shocked. But I'm going to go with the Vikings because I just think they offer a little bit higher of a floor. And I think Zimmer uh, you know, maybe can get this defense in a little bit better shape. Uh, the Bills are going down to Miami and... Last week, the Bills beat the Jets pretty handily. Josh Allen threw for over 300 yards in his first career, or in the first time in his career. He threw like, the ball 46 times, Lee, which is interesting because if you had told me, oh, Josh Allen's going to throw 46 times, I kind of would have thought that they were in trouble. But uh, heading down to Miami, uh, the Dolphins showed decently against the Patriots, but still that offense just doesn't seem like it's going to be able to put up many points no matter what. Um, I, I kind of like the Bills uh, here, even minus five and a half, just to kind of roll. Yeah, I, I can't help but say I'm with you there. I was on the Patriots last week, minus six and a half. It's one of the few bets that I actually won. Um, and 
I'm not going to lie, I kind of felt ugly being on it. I uh, didn't really enjoy it that much. It seemed like the Dolphins were kind of live the whole game. Maybe I would have enjoyed it a little bit more if it wasn't for the stupid touchback rule where you fumble out of the end zone. That obviously screwed the Patriots over at a certain point. That can be such a drive killer, obviously. So um, that made it me sweat it out a little harder. But um, I think the Bills, stingy defense similar to the Patriots, mobile quarterback. Allen, you can say what you want about him as a passer. He's going to get his in the on the ground. I like what I see out of Zach Moss. I think they got a great offensive line. Still think Miami is a year, maybe two away from the rebuild. Not a huge Fitzpatrick guy, but shout out Christian Wilkins. He, lo- he looks great, man. He's developing into a heck of a player. I think Miami has a few things to be excited about in years to come, but I'd lay the five and a half. I don't know if I'm going to do it, but I'd lay the five and a half here with Buffalo, even though I'm conscious of the fact that Miami could be, like I said, stingy just because of the Fitz magic occasionally and the... Uh, you know, good coaching in a rally team, kind of. Yeah, um, I'm leaning Buffalo too. Right as of right now, since you guys are out, this is my survivor pick of the week because the Niners are going. <laughs> the Niners are playing the Giants next week, and I'm thinking, can I squeeze out on Buffalo or possibly maybe Tennessee so I can pick the Niners next week in uh, in New York or playing New York? I know we'll get to that game next. I think they're probably the most obvious lock of the week. I guess I'd say, but. Back to the Bills game. Um, yeah, I'm expecting the Bills to win too. I think their defense uh, is kind of going to be what makes this a, a block for the Bills, in my opinion. Josh Allen, uh, if you kind of get past, past the box score, I think he he definitely, I'm not going to trash him too much, but he still, the fumbles were pretty ridiculous, the way that he's careless with the football. Um, and he, he his accuracy, you know, is still an issue, but... He's got great protection, and this team is just really good. Stephon Diggs hit the ground running, which I'm not surprised about. Um, shout out Lee, Lee and I, I believe, for uh, we were calling Zach Moss over Singletary from day one. I think, you know, he's, mm. he's clearly, I think they're, I mean, obviously he's not their lead guy. They Singletary said, got more touches, but Moss had the touchdown, so. I thought Moss, I mean, I feel like Moss had more uh, snaps, though. I, if, I, if I remember correctly, it looked like Moss was on the uh, the field for the majority of the snaps. I could be wrong. We'll check sleeper for that. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to that. hit that deep dive real quick. Um, but, yeah, not too much to add on to what you guys were saying. Um, I lean the bills. I am a little scared about picking them in Survivor just because I think Miami just, you know, this is just a weird game where Miami could just eke it out at home and win, you know, like 20 to 17. But um, as of right now, I'm leaning Bills, and I just think they kind of are offering too high of a floor to my. And, and Fitzpatrick looked pretty awful against the Patriots, and I think this Bills defense can do similar things to him. So I'm rolling with the Bills. And Tommy, like you referenced, what might be the other kind of lock of the week, the San Francisco 49ers traveling to New York to play the Jets. Jets kind of looked like a boat without sails, I guess, in Buffalo. It was pretty bad for them. And, I mean, they don't have a lot of weapons. Jamison Crowder today suffered a hamstring injury in practice. So now it's unclear whether he's even going to play this weekend. Denzel Mims is on that three-week IR. Uh, the 49ers, you know, they lost to the Cardinals in week one in, in a game that they didn't look too great either. Jimmy G, not good at all from the quarterback position. Obviously, they're missing weapons too. Richard Sherman just got put on IR for the 49ers as well. But uh, just with what, what the 49ers have done, his, you know, in, in the past year and versus what the Jets have done and how they looked against Buffalo week one, uh, I'd be hard-pressed not to just take the 49ers in this one. Yeah, I'm on the 49ers as well. I mean, I'm really disappointed at this point with the Jets and Sam Darnold, honestly. Um, didn't really watch the game too in-depth. 
you know, because it was at 1 o'clock. I was watching mostly the Lions in red zone, so I didn't get to see too much of it. But I was tracking it, and Darnold, um, just really disappointing. I know the Bills obviously have a great defense, but you want to see a little bit more. You can make as many excuses as you want. I still wanted to see a little bit more to Sam Darnold, and I still think that he's a, he's a good quarterback in a bad situation. But this Niners team, um, I think, is much better. I don't know. The 7 is just scary to lay. But I don't know if I'd be it'd be that hard for me to do it um, at an even bet right now. Just seeing the Niners kind of run away with this one, just because the Jets are so they have so much less ammunition, even with the Niners on both sides of the ball, even with the Niners being you know. Ayuk is so, back, baby. So yeah, I'm I'm going with the obviously Niners and pick them here. Yeah, this is probably the lock of the week. Niners at minus seven. This is a classic T spot. Bring them down to minus to get them to minus one and, and get another one of your favorites. Maybe that Minnesota-Indianapolis over 42-and-a-half. That's what I would recommend. Um, I did watch the Niners. I watched the Jets-Bills game, actually, a little bit. You know, I mean, I had a red zone on, but other than the Green Bay Vikings game, which was the only local game on TV here, I, I was looking at the, the Bills-Jets game. Um, and I guess I'll, I'll make some excuses for Sam Darnold. Uh, some, I mean, there's a bright spot, and that's – your guy's boy, Makai Becton, who probably was the best of the rookie tackles, I thought, in week one, um, was really physically yep. physically dominant. Uh, yep. Obviously, the Bills' edge group is not especially strong, but is still a, a solid unit, but they don't really have you know that, that marquee edge rusher. But Becton, just the power and the, the physical... Uh, you know, behemoth that he was, you know, and that he was able to do the in pass pro too. I thought was really impressive, and is really probably the only bright spot for this Jets team. And and their defense, I think, was kind of relatively stingy. You know, um, they obviously are going to miss Jamal Adams, but I think Marcus May had a good game and kind of replacing him. Um, but and and Darnold, the pick that he threw, it was third and six. He was trying to make a play, and they were down by seventeen. Like I. I there's not much you can ask of this guy, I think. You know, I, the Bills, it's just a bad matchup, and we're probably going to see the same thing this week against the 49ers with an even better defensive line. Um, the Niners' re- regression in the secondary, though, I think is real, and now we're seeing Witcher Sermon is out for three weeks. Um, I do think you're going to be able to attack this Niners team through the air, but that you're going to have to have a pretty sound offensive line. Um, and Javon Kinlaw looked really good as in his first game, too, so... The Niners got a lot of good things cooking on offense, and I think they're on, on defense. I mean, and I think their offense this is a nice bounce back spot for them against a, you know, a Jets defense that you know I think they can take advantage of. But Clep, you were right. Jimmy G did not look good, so this is a, a nice spot for him to bounce back. If uh, Lee and I were in Allen Park, Mackay Becton would have been in that uh, pick three conversation. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's all that has to be said. Um, the Rams and the Eagles, and it's this is a straight pick 'em in Vegas, baby. Uh, zero points for either team. I'm kind of inclined to lean Rams just because the Eagles lost to the Washington football team, and their offensive line looked that bad. Um, and and the things with receiver, I mean, Deshaun Jackson isn't really practicing this week. He might be injured again. Oh my gosh. Um, the, the stuff at receiver still doesn't look great. Ertz didn't even have like a, that good of a game. Um, I, I don't know, man. The Eagles are a team that, despite injuries, have seemed to figure it out in the past. But um, despite the Rams' issues that I've had with them building their team overall, I think that they do you know certain things well on offense and defense and that would kind of make me lean 
uh, towards picking L.A. Uh, in this one. Yeah, this is a tough one. Another, you know, understandably an, an even bet kind of a coin flip game. Um, Klepp and I, we, we died on the on the Survivor Island week RIP. one on, on Philly picking against the football team. Um, I'm going to go with the Eagles here, man, and maybe I'll be stupid for doing it. I like the Rams week one against the Cowboys. I like what I saw. Um, but I overall think that the Rams are the worst team in their division, um, and I think that that's going to show here in week two, and I and I picked the Eagles to win the division. So I'm going to stay consistent with that, even though they look terrible in week one. Um, you know, I'm going to obviously monitor the health of this Eagles team leading up to the game. I think that's, that's going to be a huge factor with the offensive line. But I don't expect Carson Wentz to continue to throw interceptions and make mistakes at the rate that he did in that in that week one game. And, and you're going to get lows, but you're still going to get highs here. And I think that, um, you know, the Rams look very good against the Cowboys uh, week one, but uh, I'm taking the Eagles in a coin flip one here. I'm not going to be betting on this one either. Yeah, Lee, I'm with you. Um, not going to lie, a little bit of it is from the bias of my right, my Rams under 8.5 ticket, but I just think this is a nice get-right spot for the Eagles. Um, and, and dare I say, maybe this is the first of many victory laps I'll be taking this year. I think this the, the football team's defense is special. you got a defensive line that obviously there's injuries on the offensive line in Philly, but they they had eight sacks, right, and what, 40 pressures or something like that? I mean, I think this the way that this that team is able to create pressure is special, and we were able to see it. I think the Eagles, like Lee, you alluded to, their backs are against the wall, up against a Rams team that I think is is kind of average. Um, obviously, they can compete. They're you know I think they're a, a middling team in the NFL around the 15-16 mark, and I do think they're the worst team in the division as well, Lee. Um, I just think this is a get-right spot for the Eagles. Obviously, if they play like they did against Washington, they're probably going to lose, and Aaron Donald's going to be a lot to deal with on on the inside. But I I really don't believe in the Rams. Um, edge pressure really and I think a lot of it comes from Donald and I'm sure he'll be able to do that but I think the Eagles they know their backs are up against the wall they're in you know probably we'll see what happens with Washington but the division is still up for grabs you know um, the Cowboys took a loss and he, this is this is a fight and we saw kind of what the Eagles were made of last year I just think this is they have the kind of DNA um, to win this type of game and the Rams on the other hand you know um I'm looking for a bounce-back game from the Eagles' D. You know, I want to see uh, that defense kind of take advantage. I think they have a better defense than the Cowboys, and I think the Rams' offensive line is pretty porous, and Jared Goff obviously is what he is. So um, I think this is probably going to be a back-and-forth game, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean Eagles as well. Uh, the Broncos, after losing Monday night to the Titans, have to travel to Pittsburgh, and the Steelers here get to face another young quarterback in Drew Locke who – Left a couple plays on the field on Monday night. Had an overthrow in the fourth quarter. Uh, he might get Cortland Sutton back this week, which would obviously help that offensive passing attack. But uh, it, it'd be hard-pressed for for me after seeing that Steelers' uh, defensive performance in Week 1 not to kind of pick them again, even with the minus 7 going up against the Broncos. I just think even overall, like people are kind of underestimating what the Steelers team can do um, within this entire season. And I think, you know, week one, they showed that they really have a strong defense. Their offense can be good at points, especially kind of when it comes to two-minute drills and stuff like that. So uh, I, I like the Steelers at home to uh, cover the spread. Yeah, I don't know about the spread. Seven's a lot, but I'm all over the Steelers here. Not, not a huge Broncos guy. Didn't really love what I saw week one. 
um, against Tennessee. Obviously, you know, a, a worthy opponent. But I would I would go as far as to say I think Pittsburgh is better than the Titans um, at home. Steelers, I think they're going to handle the Broncos, make less mistakes, play probably play be- better defense, um, better coach team. Yeah, everything going in Pittsburgh's way here. So so I like the Steelers. How about Fangio not calling those timeouts? That's a total Connor Ryan move. Yep. Being like, I'm no, you're gonna you're gonna miss the field goal. I want you to try and miss the field goal. It's a total total Connor Ryan move. Um, yeah, I'm on the Steelers too. Uh, this would be a perfect. This is the Steelers Niners tease. I like minus one for both of them. Um, yeah, the Broncos. I mean, Jerry Judy, my guy, had a couple drops, but you know. I think he was an that was a nice uh, he was a a positive from that that against the game against Tennessee just his footwork and what he's going to be able to do but like Klepp and Lee both alluded to with Drew Locke I mean how reliable of a passer is he and even if they were to get Cortland Sutton back I think they might just have a problem at uh, at quarterback and then offensively I was I was pretty impressed with the Steelers obviously I I had been kind of trashing Big Ben even throughout last year and into this year and. I don't think he's an elite quarterback by any means or maybe not even a top 10 quarterback, but they got great protection. They have good weapons. I think the Steelers receiving core, maybe Juju's not a one, but you have a bunch of like really good twos. And Claypool, I mean, that catch was probably my – I thought it was the best catch of the week that he made um, on Monday night. And James Washington, Deontay Johnson, I just think uh, this offense is dynamic. And whoever they have at running back, obviously I think Connor is the most talented guy, but Snell or McFarland – um, they just are a well-oiled machine, and then they have a top-five defense. So I think I was really impressed by Benny Snell. Totally, and I know it's the Giants' defense, and, and he's going to get you know tested harder by the Broncos. But you know, still the way he was running, you know, I wasn't in love with him coming out of Kentucky, um, and I think that there was a significant difference between the way he ran in that game against the Giants on Monday night and the way he ran last year as a rookie. He looked more I just dynamic. Think that there was something. There was just definitely something different there. I could see the improvement. So I think there's a little, there might be a little something to be excited about there for the Steelers in terms of having, at least you know, if if Connor's hurt, uh, God forbid, or even if Connor's healthy, having a little bit of a 65-35 two-back stable. The uh, Buccaneers, man, Lee. I mean, week one, sloppy play. Right. Yeah, it's it's sloppy. You know, I'm not going to overreact. Um, I know I wasn't. I obviously was the lowest on the Saints out of anybody here, but I'm not going to pretend like they're not a good football team. Um, and the Buccaneers, they made their mistakes, but I'm not. I'm not selling on this team after a loss in the Superdome week one. I know there's no fans, but I, I and I picked the Buccaneers, but I, I'm still not. Uh, I'm not taking it too hard. Uh, the Panthers, I think the Panthers-Raiders game was, in my head, the most accurate prediction I had for how it would play <laughs> out before it happened. It just seemed, everything seemed right about that game. Everything seemed like that was, I probably should have bet the over saying that. But um, I think the Panthers are going to be fairly stingy. But at the end of the day, man, uh, Buccaneers, I don't know if I'd lay the eight and a half. I probably would if I had to take a, a position on the line. But I'm all over them and pick them in a bounce-back spot against a team that I don't think is as good as them. And I do want to say, man, um, not giving the ball – I know you want to get creative as a head coach, but not giving the ball to Christian McCaffrey on that fourth-down situation uh, for the Carolina Panthers is, is something that I think is getting overlooked a little bit by the critics out there. Um, you got you got to get the ball in a dynamic player's hands in a position like that to you know when the game is on the line. Um, and I don't think Alex Arma is that guy. So uh, I wanted to say that. Yeah, 
the, the Tampa and New Orleans game kind of went how I thought it was going to. Um, I know you guys see the potential with Tampa, and I do too, to be honest. But I think it's going to take a little bit for this this team to really kind of hit its stride. Um, and I think this is a perfect bounce back spot for them against Carolina, even you know even if they don't have Chris Godwin. Like I said earlier, I'm on the over in this game. I just think there's going to be a lot of points. Um, and while I I think rightfully was disparaging Carolina throughout the whole offseason as one of the worst teams in the NFL. Their offense is live. I think it's just the problem with them is the defense. You know, Josh Jacobs had three goal line touchdowns where he's pretty much untouched. I think, you know, it's going to take a lot for this this defense to keep this this uh, offense in games. But I do think that you know, and then again, the Raiders defense. Probably, I think Tampa Bay's defense is a lot better than the Raiders defense. Um, I guess uh, you know, I probably would lay the points with Tampa too if I had to pick. Um, but I'm kind of more on the over just because I could see this being, you know, a two to three possession lead for Tampa and, and Carolina's kind of live and, and trying to get a little bit more aggressive with it. But yeah, eight and a half is a lot, man. Yeah. I mean, not, not to get, not to get too deep into it, but I didn't really think the Buccaneers defense played that poorly of a game against New Orleans. And then neither did I, I think you, you also look at the things too. people criticizing Bruce Arians for calling out Tom Brady. And it's just like, that's Bruce Arians style. Yeah, that's and, just talk, and, and, and Brady can handle it. Like I think all that kind of yeah. stuff is somewhat ridiculous. So and, and, uh, I, I like the Bucks to bounce back against Carolina. Yeah, me too. And I guess we'll get more into this with the Saints, but I think that's a that game was a perfect example of why I understand why you guys are low on the Saints by why, but why ultimately it doesn't matter. Like Breeze did not look good in that game. I think he he looked more. People are saying that Tom Brady's washed. I think Breeze looked more washed than Tom Brady. But that team is just really darn good, and they have a really good darn defense. So. And they're well coached, so um, I think you know all is not lost in Tampa Bay, and I think this is kind of just a part of their maturing process. Jacksonville and Tennessee, two one and teams, baby, going out it in the AFC South. Um, Jaguars, man, uh, put put up a tough fight against the Colts. Titans uh, made a last second drive to beat the Broncos. Eight is a lot, I think, considering how Jacksonville showed in Week One. I'm gonna pick the Titans just to win this game. Um, but still, I mean, Tannehill didn't look like the guy who he looked like in the last eight weeks of last season. And, you know, Jacksonville showed some some resolve, I guess, after kind of all of us trashed them as potentially the worst team in the NFL. So uh, definitely a game I'll, I'll have my eye on just to kind of see where these two teams are at. Um, but I'll, I'll pick Tennessee. Yeah, a lot of big spreads this week. Um, if I had to take a position here, I'd go with Jacksonville with the eight just because I was really impressed with what I saw with them, even though you know the Colts are probably a little bit worse than I thought. But I think Tennessee just has too much for this Jacksonville team, and although it may be by you know four or six points, I think the Titans are going to win this game um, at home. And uh, I kind of want to ask you guys, how many games after that Week 1 game, if you had to put a number on the Jags' win total this year, what would you say? Does, does it like affect your... Six? You know, it, no. You'd say... Tommy, what are you, where are you at? I'm kind of where they opened at what five and a half or six. I think that's pretty sharp. Um, I think Minshew is, you know, Minshew is live. I think it was five. I think it got down to four and a half. I think towards the end, it may, a lot because I mean that narrative well was really have. was really persistent. They were the lowest one. They were the lowest win total. Yeah. Um, I mean that. That I guess it's over to me. I, I, the Colts game obviously was was really disappointing, but. I think the Titans are a better team than the Colts, and I th- boy, Lavisca looks good on that touchdown. Dude. Oh yeah, <laughs> it looked like the college. Is he starting days. against me this week? 
Uh, I don't think so, man. I'm I'm reluctant to start my rookies because uh, I want them to get you know worked in a little bit more. Maybe I'm stupid well, for that. I should consider it a little bit more. But as a as your as your wannabe fantasy advisor, I think if there's any rookie you should start, it's Lavisca. I think you know he's. Yeah, I would agree with I, that. Statement, I think he's that's for sure. I think he's firmly kind of supplanted as their wide receiver too, and he also is going to get uh, you know looks in the run game. Um, I kind of really want to take Tennessee in in Survivor. I, I'd love to hear your guys' opinion just to like get them over with and try and, and squeak out a win with a team that isn't you know a lock from week to week. But uh, you know. The, Clep, you kind of talked about it. They weren't. In- hey, if there's one piece of advice I could give you for Survivor, it's don't take advice from anybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but 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 and I also it's a little bit early to be uh, trying to get teams out of the way. Yeah, so I would agree. Two, man. I would Just tell survive. You that it's it's. Uh, I, I would say it's a good pick, man. I would yeah. say it's a good pick. I don't see the Titans losing this. This is you know I know it's early in the year, but this is for uh, somewhat firm early grip on the division to go two and zero and kind of. Houston's got Baltimore. Not that you're looking over your shoulder. Indy's got Minnesota. So um, I think this is kind of a position where the Titans can start to establish their position in, in that division. So uh, I like them to win this one fairly confidently. Yeah, not not much more to add. I mean, the nope. Titans, uh, you know, Tannehill didn't look especially great against the Broncos. This Jaguars defense, although uh, – <laughs> Your guys' boy C.J. Henderson had a nice little uh, debut against the, <laughs> against the Colts. Um, I think ultimately proving that you know tackling at the cornerback position, how much. Hey man, I didn't hate C.J. Henderson as much as other people. I did. I, I did not like Christian Fulton more than I did that, not like C.J. Henderson. So and, and this is the battle of uh, the, uh, the the hated the hated. Fulton, I think, played well against Judy. I mean, obviously he got worked on that one slant, but I think he he played pretty well in his his rookie debut. Um, kind of a nice overspot, forty-two and a half. I think I think you could see the Jags down. Might uh, I don't know if I love that. I don't know if I love. Uh, that. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Uh, I, hey man, draft season is where this uh, podcast thrives. So, yeah, uh, right. Tommy, let's let's jump to this next matchup because you're the big Washington football team fan here. So, yep. uh, what's going on when they meet your other uh, crush in the NFC, the the Arizona Cardinals? I'm picking the Cardinals here, but. There's no way I would ever lay the six and a half with the Cardinals. Um, I think this is a clear spot for the football team. And I think I would be shocked if Washington's not up in this game like 17 to 10 or 17, 14, kind of like San Francisco was. Um, and, and it's going to kind of come down to Kyler being uber dynamic in their, in their offense kind of switching a little bit. Um, I think the Cardinals... The Cardinals were impressive against the 49ers. Uh, you know, people saying that Nuke isn't going to, you know, he's not going to get targeted as much compared to Houston and Arizona. I think we kind of saw that he's Kyler's go-to guy, and so much of what Kyler does great is extending the plays and when he's outside of the pocket, and that's kind of where Nuke and him are. It looked like they developed a little bit of chemistry um, on those improvis- improvisational plays. But um, I'm going to pick Arizona to win, but... This Washington team, man, I think this defense is stingy. I think Haskins is, you know, I don't, I'm not going to say he's better than I thought he was, but I think he's kind of showing kind of what he was at Ohio State. They were getting the ball out of his hands really quick. Um, Terry McLaurin's a bona fide one. You know I think that. Uh, Antonio Gibson, I think, is a nice running back. Um, I think this offense has the potential to be stingy. And ultimately, I don't, you know, 
the the offensive line just their their shortcomings in Washington wasn't as evident. And on the other side, my whole thing with Washington obviously has been their defensive line. And I think this is a Cardinals offensive line that is in, incredibly exploitable. And you know, the Washington looks like they have you know one of the best defensive lines in the NFL right now. So as long as they have that, they're going to be live in in a lot of games. I'm on the Cardinals. Lay the six and a half. I'm betting. Yeah, it. baby. Yeah, baby. I'm digging my friggin' heels Let's in go. against the football team. <laughs> the, the, you want to compare this to the Philly game? Philly was up 17-0. Kyler Murray takes significantly less negative plays than Carson Wentz. The Arizona Cardinals, their fourth best weapon is better than the best weapon on the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, they're playing at home. I think that there's going to be more pressure on the Washington offense because I think there's going to be more pressure coming from the Arizona Cardinals offense in this game um, at this point. And I think that the Cardinals, this is a team that I was hot on. I bet on. They were, again, they were the, one of the two bets I won week one was the Patriots and then the Cardinals. Money line. I got a little, a little sugar from that money line on the Cardinals. Um, and I'm all over them, dude. I, I think that six and a half I love that they're not laying the full seven I think they're gonna win this game by a touchdown or more well, it was by it, so. it was seven it opened at seven it, and it's gotten bet down um, in Washington yeah favor. I love that yeah I love that the hook is has been bet down so I'm, I'm all over it yeah I'm, I'm with Lee there uh, let's go to this Ravens Texans game and watching the Texans week one I understand that they were going up against Kansas City but this is a team for me, that like on offense, yes, they have the the franchise quarterback and Deshaun Watson, but other than him, I don't really see where the big plays come from. Will Fuller looked good, I, I guess, in, in week one, but the other wide receivers didn't really show up anything behind him. The defense just kind of seems passive, uh, and, and I like the Ravens to, to win this one here. The Texans are a team that is just like, when they go up against better teams than them, at least on paper, I just don't see them uh, kind of winning. I don't know what was it, this game? Forty-one to nine last year. Yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think the Texans are necessarily the team that's going to be circling this one on the calendar or anything of that nature. Like this is some you know revenge spot, um, a la Ravens Browns. Uh, not that there's a rivalry there, but I just think that uh, another kind of big number here with the seven. Um, I would probably lay it with Baltimore, man. I mean, this is a team that it, it has established themselves as somewhat of you know you can say what you want about the playoffs i know we always have to put that precursor in but this is a team that's a juggernaut right now um and lamar threw the ball extremely well against the browns he threw the ball well that the the red zone throw to mark andrews where he had to reel out with no one around him with one hand kind of concerned me if i want to nitpick that was that was a little bit ugly but and you're gonna have those moments with lamar but he so overwhelmingly makes up for it with with all the other things he can do and all the other plays he makes um, with his arm or, or legs. Uh, so I think that the Texans, man, this early part of the schedule is a real grinder. I just, uh, this might be the end of the Bill O'Brien era and, and the beginning of the Byron Leftwich era. Yes, uh, sir, as we've now. been calling for years <laughs> now. <laughs> Quite possibly. Oh, shoot. So, um, so I'm going with the Ravens here, man, and I probably wouldn't bet the spread, but I will for sure be confidently picking this Ravens team and pick them. Yeah, no way I'm going to touch a spread at all. Um, not too much to add. Uh, I'd like to think that the Texans... I don't think this is going to be a blowout. I guess that's the only thing that I... I really have a hard time seeing... I know the Ravens' defense is really good, but I think the the Texans' offense has an ability to be alive just because of Watson. Um, you know, Fuller went healthy at that target share that he was getting. What did he get, 12 targets against Kansas City or something like that? Um, you, I just think that this, this Texans' offense is relatively live, but... 
not much to disagree with you guys there. Um, the Ravens are a complete wagon. Um, even if Lamar just whatever concerns you have about Lamar's arm talent and his accuracy, um, he's able to negate with just the playmaker that that he is and how much attention he commands from the defense. And unfortunately for me and my fantasy team, but something that I was very confident in is, is, is J.K. Dobbins seems to be. I know he's not taking all of the t- the the rushes away from Mark Ingram, but he seems to be their kind of go-to guy, it looks like, and is in the process of taking that job away, which I think even bodes even better for this team and makes him even more dynamic. So uh, I think the Ravens should win this pretty comfortably. The Chiefs are visiting the L.A. Chargers, and the Chargers, to me, looked pretty limited on offense against the Bengals. I mean, I've talked about how I think the Bengals' defense can be kind of sneaky, but uh, Terod couldn't really do much against them, and I think the Chiefs are just ultimately probably the best team in the NFL week to week and lay the nine, just take them all the way uh, is kind of my opinion on this one. Yeah, I'm I'm fading the Chargers all year, man. All my concern – I had overwhelming concerns about the Chargers before the year, but they were kind of stifled by – they got a solid defense, they got a solid pass rush, some players in the secondary – um, and you know, maybe Tyrod Taylor was the whole conversation was, can you be the Bills Tyrod Taylor or the Browns Tyrod Taylor? And you know, you can't judge too much off of one game, but he looked a little bit more like the Browns Tyrod Taylor. And with the Derwin James injury, the Drew Tranquil injury, I just, I think this Chargers team is, is bound to kind of start falling and, and this could be, well, this very well is a, an easy spot for them to continue to, to do that after the, I know they won week one and that means everything, but um, the performance was was kind of a losing performance. I think um, we referenced it in the in the Bengals preview at the beginning of the pod. Was was the field goal kick and um, you know who knows? But I, I'm taking the Bengals in overtime in that game. Um, Charges didn't look too hot, so I'm obviously on the Chiefs. Yeah, I think you lay the Chiefs up until ten, and then maybe you think about it. Um, uh, you know, if it goes ten plus, but. I think the Chiefs are not going to really have trouble covering this nine. Um, and I can see the Chargers' defense being able to kind of, because of their pass rush and their and their solid secondary, being able to kind of nullify the, the Chiefs for a little bit. Kind of like that Raiders game last year. I don't know if you guys remember it, where the Raiders were up like 10 nothing. They are up by 10, I believe, against the, the Chiefs. But much like the Chiefs do a lot of the time, they just can score in bunches. And before you know it, they've put up 14 points pretty relatively easily and that becomes 21 and then 28 you know unanswered points and the 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 main takeaway and the the can't kind of the handicap on this is what Klepp alluded to in the Chargers offense which I think and Lee you talked about too which with Tyrod Taylor is limited and just they're not going to go score for, for score with the Chiefs like there's just I don't see a way on which and where the Chiefs you know lose this game because no shot how do the Chiefs lay an egg like, what does that look like? You know, I just, it's, uh, you know, it's a tough thing Especially for me. Especially with to Clyde now, too. It's oh, just yeah. Like, well, I mean, yeah. in that game against the Texans, because we haven't, they didn't play, like, especially well, and they just dominate. You know, like, they, they kind of looked like a lot of the Mahomes other teams. Holmes threw for 211. Yeah. Like, yeah, it wasn't, yeah. And, and you know, obviously I'm the idiot who bet Clyde edwards lair over 30 and a half receiving <laughs> yards, but they didn't even need to throw him the ball. Like, he was just so dominant in the run game that they didn't even need to use him in the pass game, it seemed like. And they just coasted to a win against the Deshaun Watson-led team. So uh, not too much disagreement there. This is a, a Chiefs minus 9 all the way, minus 10. Give it to me all. 
All right, well, I'm excited to talk about this next game with you fellas because there's a couple angles to it that I want to address. Number one is that I was going to see if my good friend Lee Murray was going to drop this at some point in the podcast, and he hasn't yet. But now that we are out of Survivor, it's time to bring back the Risky Survivor segment of this podcast. And I'm all over the pats, baby. Risky Survivor it. Pick them. Uh the number one reason why I've hated the Patriots is just due to the fact that uh, Tom Brady played for them and that so many people in Michigan uh, adopted the Patriots as their team just due to the fact that Tom Brady was there and they were like, oh, I rooted for him when he was at Michigan, so I'll root for him now that the Lions suck. Uh, and so I'm all over Newton and this uh, new Patriots era, and I think they go into Seattle and win this thing. I love the uh, the gusto clip, but I'm I'm licking my wounds from that Atlanta pick against Seattle, and too many things looked right for the Seahawks in that game. Um, I would not bet this game because I love I love what I saw out of the Patriots, man, and, and I think Cam Newton still got gas left in the tank. Uh, but overall, the Seahawks at home, I think they do. When it comes down to it, they have the better quarterback. Um, Possibly if, if you know they get a couple fumbles out of Chris Carson, maybe like if New England can force turnovers, I think they can win this game. But if you're just going kind of play for play and, and, and Wilson's taking care of the ball like I kind of expect him to, even though he's playing against a better defense, I think that the Seahawks are, are going to take care of business. Um, but this is, this is a tough pick, man, and I, I like where your head's at with the, uh, with, with the, with the Patriots. This is probably going to be my biggest overreaction of, of the week, and this is the one that I'm committing to the most. I kind of think the Seahawks are the best team in the NFC. Um, oh, boy. They're, they're, let's hear me out. All right. They're letting Russ cook, man. Like, like analytics Twitter has been telling them to do for the past, for the past three years. They were one of the, they're, they're finally putting the ball in Russell Wilson's hands, and maybe that was because they played an absolutely awful Atlanta Falcons defense, and I could be completely wrong here. But that was probably the, the week one takeaway narrative that I'm kind of buying into the most is that this Seahawks team um, with Jamal Adams on the defense, uh, which made their defense, which already seemed to overperform year after year with not a lot of talent, has given them a dynamic that I think just fits perfectly. He is kind of like their Cam Chancellor. He's a, he's a very versatile piece. I mean, we all are big Jamal Adams fans here, so I don't really need to talk about that anymore. Had a huge game against the Falcons. And then um, I just think their offense, man, is just looks like it's going to be one of the better offenses in the NFL. Um, DK Metcalf, Lena, I was talking to Lee about this before he per- pulled off that blockbuster trade in our Dynasty League. Yeah. Um, with the exception of Tyree Kill, I think DK Metcalf is the best uh, deep threat in the NFL. Um, and I just don't think, you know, we all know the narrative on DK. DK is going to run three routes, but when he runs that go or post or comeback, whatever it is, um, there's just not a lot of guys who can check him. And I know that New England likes to play a lot of man-to-man coverage, and that's going to be tested. And then you have a guy like Tyler Lockett who affords DK to just be your deep threat because he runs all the nuanced routes and is a little bit more of the safety blanket for Russ Wilson. And then you've got you know uh, Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde, which I think is a really good part of the rushing attack. And a lot of the other reason why I'm confident in Seattle against the Patriots is because I, don't, I still – I'm not buying, like, the Patriots are going to, are they just going to run Cam Newton? Is that just going to be their offense this year? Um, the I'm still very skeptical of the Patriots receiving uh, weapons. They still have the same problem that they did last year. Um, Edelman is really the only guy who can do anything for them. 
Um, and that's fine when you're going up against the Dolphins. You kind of control the pace of the game. But I have when you have a guy like Jamal Adams who's going to be keen Cam Newton all game, I just think they're going to have trouble creating a passing attack. And maybe Cam you know, still has it in the tank as a passer, and he's going to show some you know, other dynamic against this Seattle defense, which doesn't have the best of secondaries and the corner room especially. But I'm really uh, thinking I'm going to start to buy into the Seahawks this year, and I'm, I think Russ looks like this is going to be an MVP year for him. And I think in a NFC that is kind of wide open in a way that obviously I like the Saints, but if, Ru- if that team is how it was against Atlanta – and that offense, and, and you're really putting your faith in Russ, I just think he's the best quarterback in the NFL. So He had games like that last year. I, I understand where your head's at, but I wouldn't get like too excited about that. I still think that this is a Seahawks team that is going to continue to be the Seahawks team they've been the past you know, six years or whatever it's been, five years. Um, so I, I think they might be a little bit better, but I think – I don't know if they're necessarily, quote-unquote, letting him cook. Um I, I still think you're bound for a couple of head-scratching division games where they lose, you know, 16-19 to, uh, to the Rams or Cardinals. And, you know, there's like 12 field, goal, field goals kicked in the game or something like that. So You very well could be um, right. You very well could be right. I, uh, yeah. But I, I totally understand where you're at. And I think that, you know, that was arguably the best game of Russell Wilson's career. Totally. You know. What so was he, 31 that is 34 not something, with four touchdowns, like 350? That's yeah, insane. that's not something to be taken lightly, you know. Um, before we jump into this Monday night here, Lee, I didn't want to completely throw you under the bus. Do you have a risky survivor you wanted to throw out for this week? Yeah, it's Las Vegas Raiders. All right. That's what Let's I'm bring us into this next survivor. one, baby. Take it away. Listen, man, I'm on the Raiders as a playoff team, and this is where the, the rubber hits the road. You got your tester game in Carolina. Um, Josh Jacobs looked great. Uh, I know you're, you're Trent Brown's dealing with the, the, the injury on the O-line, maybe one of your better pieces on the offensive line. But I still kind of, I liked what I saw out of the Raiders. I think they got some good young talent on offense outside of Jacobs with Ruggs um, and, and, and Edwards, even though he didn't have a, a heck of a game. But I liked what I saw out of Ruggs. And I think that the Saints are going to get theirs to a certain extent with the defense. But I think if these linebackers can contain Kamara, which is kind of you know the Littleton – and Kwiatkowski, they brought in these backers. If they can contain the the dynamic um, assets Kamara brings to the game for the Saints, and, and Michael Thomas is out, and you're relying on Emmanuel Sanders and Jared Cook and you know Traquan Smith to to uh, consist of your passing game with Drew Brees throwing to them, and the Raiders are at home opening with the stadium. You know, I picked the Rams in that stadium opener game in Vegas. I, I just I like the mojo here. I, I I'm, I've been on the Raiders this year, so I'm going to stay consistent. I'm going to think. I'm going to say Gruden's going to be slapping some virtual high fives after this one uh, on the <laughs> sideline. I'm, I'm going to go Raiders here. Risky Survivor. Prime time. Um. Yeah. The only thing with the Raiders Week One is they played the Panthers, who I think have the worst defense in the NFL, and I think the Saints have one of the better defenses in the NFL. Um, and the Raiders, on the other hand, their defense is, is bad, I think. I don't think their defense is really that good. And obviously you lose Michael Thomas, but you know Damon Arnett and Trayvon Mullen, I think, had trouble with Carolina. I don't see why Emmanuel Sanders, Traquan Smith, and Jared Cook can't give that defensive unit um, trouble as well. And I just think the Saints are just a lot better of a team than the Raiders. Um, and I don't really see their edge rush being able to get, their pass rush being able to get to... Uh, Drew Brees, um, and I just think, I'm not saying the Saints are going to blow the Raiders out by any means, but 
I think this is a game that the Saints comfortably win. Hey, man, you know, uh, I love it when uh, my Latro brother goes out there on a limb, and I'll join him there just for fun. I, yep. I visited that stadium uh, back in February with my pops. There's some magic on that ground. There's some magic yeah. on that ground, man. It looks like a, I just drove a big by Star it. Wars Death Star. It does. Um, Great-looking field. And, I mean, Tommy was talking about letting Russ cook. We just let them BJP boys cook for an hour and 15 minutes. I mean – you can't you can't end on, on a on a light note there. No, not at all. Risky Survivor, we're back. We're back. I mean, hey, we we you know we were down bad last week, but hey, we were you know, down bad. But it's but uh, we're it's back. it's gonna turn around here with these Risky Survivor picks. Uh, any any last words from you boys? Shoot, man. Have hey, you know, here, here, here's what I'll say is. Uh, Lost, lost some money last weekend. The Lions gave up a big lead. Um, still probably the best Sunday of 2020 so far. Yep. So. Beautiful clip. Um, well said. And everyone, I mean, Minnesota over 21 and a half. It's free money. It's, that's free money, guys. That's free money. They're going to get to that. Um, yeah, nothing else. For the whole game? Yeah, for the whole game. All right. That's, a, that's three touchdowns and a field goal. Come on. It's easy money. Um, yeah, not much else to say for me. Oh, also, uh, Jets are under 19 and a half. I think that's another, I think that's another good play. So, that's what I'm looking at from the team totals for this week. Uh, you're fading Darnold with that, you, you're talking about the Niners secondary so bad, and then you're fading Darnold, yep. man. Yep. No weapons, right? Brutal, your, brutal uh, offense. Um, and, you know, I'm, re- I'm really pumped to see Mackay versus Nick Bosa. I think that's going to be the matchup because Bosa's the, the right defensive end, I believe. So mm. that, should be a, uh, that should be a matchup and a half. But that about wraps it up for me. I don't know about uh, Lee. You, you got anything else to say? Um, how many sacks do you think the uh, football team's going to get this week against Kyler? I mean, what, what would you put that line at? I probably would say five. I probably say I'd put the line at three and a half. Yeah, that's probably fair. I'd take the maybe over. maybe even three. I take the over. I think four or five. I think you know how many. I mean, dude, Chase Young going up against DJ Humphreys. The dude had two sacks against Jason Peters. Who I mean, obviously Peters is a little. Jason long Peters the is. Jason Peters should be on uh, Get Up. We're we're in an expensive suit. I think he's better than DJ Humphreys. I guess I'll say that. Uh, oh, man. I, I don't – I mean, you, let's open up the – no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I disagree with that. Um, I, I, uh, Tommy, I'll add one more thing to the show. Let's hear it. Um, we like to do uh, honorable sponsors because yeah. we don't actually have any ad revenue. Uh, let's shout out SpaghettiOs. <sighs> Had some SpaghettiOs this week. Fantastic. Damn, please, please, don't tell me, please don't tell me it was before 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Let's take a look at this bowl, baby. <laughs> so you're telling me spaghettios? Spaghettios are for camping and camping yep. only. Yeah, that's some spaghettios. That's my, that's at my about take. 4:30 today. It was fantastic. Over. If you're not in the middle of a national park or forest. You shouldn't be eating spaghettios. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> even even you don't even need there to were, eat there them. There was like one dollar a can at Wegmans, man. I'm poor. Whiteman's. I don't have that parking garage money coming in anymore. How many hybrid beer spaghettio marinara sauce burps did you have on that mic throughout the course? You get of this, three uh, episode. <laughs> You go, you get three Fosters in a in a spicy sausage, and some, uh, and you make some pasta with it. 
You see, right. You're saying cook Foster's beer with spicy sauce? <laughs> no, I'm saying you get three Foster's beer as your. That's I don't like, like Foster's that much, man. I'll be honest. I love Foster's. Wow. Man. All right. And I love. I love. I love <laughs> me some Foster's. That's a. That's a free ad revenue from me is Foster's. Get yourself a Foster's this weekend. Foster's or Pacifico, man. Enjoying the games. I mean, I'm taking Pacifico because it's a little more dynamic. But but for when I'm being like, you know, when you're cooking when sausage being, pasta, when I'm cooking when I'm cooking sausage pasta and I'm putting like Tabasco and uh, and like butter and and, and uh, marinara sauce together to make a to try to make a gourmet at home meal, I want some Foster's with it. That's the bottom line. And, uh, all right, that's fair. Last thing I'll say, too, is uh, shout-out Lee for pulling the Joe Douglas move, trading Michael Thomas for DK Metcalf, Debo Samuel, and two first-round picks. I appreciate picks. it. That's a Jamal Adams. I appreciate the shout-out. Yeah, I mean, the locker room is a little bit against you, but, you know. Hey, man, I, I texted Lee, and I told him that he won the deal. He, Honestly, he a couple deal. people reached out. I don't want to name them because, you know, I'm not that type of guy, but a couple people reached out and, and, and said it was a good deal, and uh, – Honestly, if we're going to talk about that, I want to say shout out to Trevor, man. I respect the heck out of that guy. Yeah. He came out, he saw something, he had a vision. Um, when he made the initial text message to me saying, you know, I want to make you a deal, I want to change this league, I want to, you know, make a blockbuster that's, he said, mutually beneficial. And I said, you know, nine times out of ten, you experience this, a guy coming to you like that, he's full of, he's full of you know what. And uh, he came to me, he made a good offer, and... I had to think about it for five or ten minutes, and, and we pulled the trigger. We made it happen, and uh, you know, I wish both of us good luck. He's he's clearly trying to get that two-year championship window in and, and get himself a ring, get himself a Bentley. And 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 in 2024, Hudden Baker will be graduated from law school, making six <laughs> making six figures. Hey. Link will be three thousand dollars a share, <laughs> and he'll have the best team in the dynasty league by far. Tommy, answer this. This is this is the the question of the history of the back judge. What do you set the number at? Hutton gets married or wins a fantasy championship first? <laughs> he's gonna. We're going. He's gonna win a fantasy championship first, man, because I think he's gonna win a fantasy championship within the next ten years. No, no, he's gonna get married within the next ten years. He's gonna get married in seven years. That's the window. Championship window closed. <laughs> oh man. Well, uh, beautiful. Q stay scheming. <laughs>